Hallelujah. Hmm. Yeah, we're all here. Awesome. I just have a word for this lady back there in the back row. Yeah, you. Can you just stand up for a moment? Yes, ma'am. The Lord spoke to me about you this morning. And he has put a desire in your heart that you have not seen fulfilled yet. Well, God is saying it's coming. No, I won't say it. Don't want to give away my secrets. I want to talk a little bit this morning about faith is a divine connection to the voice from the throne of God. Faith is a divine connection. It's the divine connection that connects us with the throne of God. And uh, the Lord just gave me this verse while we're worshiping. The book of Hebrews. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection unto him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So our reality in life, sometimes we don't see some of the things in our life as being under his feet, however they are. So when you come to the throne, you come to a place where all things are under his feet. Hallelujah. And everything, anything you need, any request you have, anything that's bothering you or attacking you, has already taken, he has already taken dominion over it. Because when he... When he came, uh, before he ascended, he said, all authority is given unto me. And so, <clears throat> to the book of Hebrew, to the Hebrew people, he's saying, everything is under his feet. But we don't see it completely yet, but we see who? We see Jesus. When you look at Jesus, you look at the one who has conquered all things. You actually behold the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You actually begin to see all things under his feet. And we, when we come to the throne, we come to the place where the final authority over every sickness, disease, every sin has been put under his feet. Every failure, every weakness, Every addiction, whatever we have, whatever problem has been dominion, he has dominion over it. It's under his feet. And that's why it's important to come to his invitation. Come to the throne. Because all is victorious at the throne. There is nothing left 
There is nothing left undone. There is nothing that he has not put under his feet. And in this life, we still struggle with things. So we don't see all things under his feet, but they actually are. So what do we do when we don't see all things under our feet? We see Jesus. We look to the one who has things all under his feet. Faith connects us to the throne where everything has been put under his dominion. I think that should be good enough for a sermon. We can go home now. You got enough to chew on for the rest of your life. The life and action, actions of the throne is transformation. Out of the throne flows transformation. Let me give you a scripture verse. From glory to glory, he's changing us. His likeness is always coming to us, changing what needs to be changed so we become more like him. Sometimes our focus is more on our needs than it is on the change. Let me explain that a little. I can continually deal with my problem, but unless I go for the change, I won't change. So we have to let him change us, not from desperation to desperation, but from glory to glory, from victory to victory. We never change without victory. Victory is the element or the power to change. Be transformed by what has been accomplished in order to walk in divine confidence by the power of the spirit that is available. I'll read that one again. Be transformed by what has been accomplished. Don't try to accomplish what's been accomplished. That's dead works. But be transformed by what has been accomplished. So for instance, if I have a bit of a temper and I come to the throne, guess what he wants to do? He'd like to change that. So I'm looking for the change. If you submit to the change, the change will happen. Transformation is always at work in our life. Faith that connects us to the throne releases the transformation power of what we need in order to become more like him. There, there's a place where faith enables me to become more like him rather than trying to perform something. Now, it doesn't mean that performance, we throw it out. No, that, 
but we're so focused on performance, but sometimes we forget to change. And guess what? If we forget to change, we don't perform properly. Does that make any sense to you? That wasn't in my notes. The throne is the place where we undergo a change that challenges and changes the very heart that we have because the heart is the issue with God. It's the heart that counts. And so sometimes, I mean, for me, it's like sometimes my heart was somewhere else, but God said, no, I want your heart here. For instance, I remember being in Bible school and, <clears throat> and we're attempting to come up and plant the church and we got a team together, and my mind was set in this. I don't know if the elders of the church will approve me. And I spent, I don't know how many months, <clears throat> I would go up into one of the piano music rooms where they taught piano, and I would lay on my stomach, and I'd just pray. Every day. Because I didn't trust man. What a waste of time. Praying wasn't a waste of time. But the reason why I was praying was a waste of time. <clears throat> because I found out what God approves, it doesn't matter if man approves it or not. But I would come before the throne. And so <laughs> we come before the elders. And I didn't even know how to write the vision of the church. I didn't. So Rick Johnson, one of the elders, said, I'll help you. So he helped me overcome the elders. <laughs> you see, the eyes of my understanding was missing something. And that was God. The doubt of whether I was called or not was always there in my mind, but never in God's mind. When I came to the throne, I came to his mind. I came to where the call came from, even though I didn't have confidence in it. Our dependency is not what I think. Our dependency is the transformation to obey his call. In obeying his call, this all happened. 
I couldn't transform my own mind. But as I walked in my doubt, I could put, not put out the faith of his call. I know that's confusing. Doubt and faith, doubt and faith. <clears throat> See, doubts, I remember I was going to go to Bible school, and I saw we had to, we had to prove we had $8,000 to get a student visa at the border. Well, we didn't have it. So I just took the papers, I threw them into the drawer, and I said to my wife, this will never happen. That was my mind. But God, in his call, forgot my mind and stayed on his. And sometimes we can't change our thinking, but he can. By faith, he transforms our thought life. Even though we're not there yet, but we're on the way, and he doesn't stop. He will take us through to where we have what we need to do what he said. That makes us totally dependent on the one who sits on the throne. Because my call, every enemy against my call was under his feet. I didn't know that. Now I do. Now, after faith works, you believe. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. One of the things about the prophetic is this. What has been said in the past will become your future experience. So the prophets prophesied these buildings. They said, don't worry about lands and buildings. I have them reserved for you. you know, it took us 13 years to get our first building. See, that's the mind of God. The transformation came when we looked and found nothing. Because that's usually what happens. Every year, my elder Phil Nickel and I would drive around the city. One year, we never drove around the city, and it happened. Here's, here's, here's Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. Chapter 1, verse 18. That God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He has all the right decisions 
He has all the knowledge we need. What we need is a revelation of it. From the throne flows the complete will of the Father. From the throne flows the complete will of the completed work on the cross. And from the, flo- from the throne flows the complete will of the work of the Holy Spirit. Everything comes from his throne. And the reason why that's important is because at his throne, everything is under his feet. The victory is already ours. We don't earn the victory. We walk by faith. Let me say that again. We do not earn the victory. We walk by faith. By faith, by faith, Noah built something he never saw before. By faith, he believed it was going to rain, and it never, ever rained before. It wasn't Noah's ability. It was what God said. And so it's like, it's really sometimes, humanly speaking, very confusing. Because we try to figure it out. Our problem is, is when you try to figure it out, you're not walking by faith. Because I couldn't figure out even how to plant a church, let alone do it. But because God called me, it happened. Whether I knew how or not. So how do you do what you don't know? You walk in faith. How do you accomplish the will of God when you can't figure it out? You walk by faith. It's not our understanding that counts. It's our trust in what he said. And sometimes the pea brain that I have thinks it knows everything until it comes to the conclusion that I can't do anything. Then I come to the reality, I need God. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Don't get me wrong. You know, you just don't lay on your bed and transformation happens. I did that in Bible school. I had a study and I had on there, do not disturb studying. My wife opens the door and I'm laying on the couch with the book on my face, sleeping. (laughs) In Ephesians, I want to get to this point because it's really important what he's trying to tell the Ephesian church here, which makes sense when you look at the very chapters, I mean the verses in in the chapters, The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The word, the word know there is not the word gnosko, which means experiential knowledge. He's not talking about experiential knowledge here. It's the word edo. It's to see by knowing. In other words, When God reveals something to us, we see it and we know it. And 
the wisdom and revelation in him gives us the capacity to actually function in that. Now, I want to show you what that's connected with. And it says, it says um, that you may know what the hope of your calling or see the hope of your calling and what are, what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. The word enlightenment here is referring to this. The word being enlightened are, is referring to a past complete action having present results. So if we stick to the book of Ephesians, the first thing we learn was this. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It's an action of the past that has present results. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessing. He wants you to think about that. Enlightenment means I'm taking you back to what I have done so you can walk in it. Another one is, he chose you before the foundation of the world. Past action already done. Come back to the point and remember, I chose you. You didn't choose me. And so this verse is pivotal because it's it's, it's an inspired prayer of the Father flowing through Paul to the Ephesian church to bring them back to what has already been done and walk in the knowledge and experience of what already has been done. Don't try to do it. You don't earn the blessings. You receive the blessing. If you earn it, it's something you earned. But if you are blessed, it's something you actually are given something. He has, past tense, blessed you with all spiritual blessing. Now, I could spend an hour on that one verse. What are all the spiritual blessings? Well, you'd have to go through the whole Bible. <laughs> he chose you before he created anything. What does that tell you? You're his choice. Some theologians try to figure it out, and then they come up with this view, and this other theologian comes up with this view, and they confuse everything. I call them confusing theologians. The simplicity is he chose you. Enjoy it. Walk in it. Thank you, Father, for choosing me. Well, you know, God, you don't know what a bad person. Oh, yes, he knows everything about us. <laughs> you, you don't know what I've done. Oh, yes, I do. But I chose you anyway. I called you out of darkness. I didn't call you when you were all good. If that would have been the case, I'd have never called you. Because you never could be good enough. So stop running yourself down. God doesn't. He doesn't say, I chose you, you dumb bunny. 
I chose you because you're stupid. Man, what kind of a father would talk like that? Well, maybe there might be some, I don't know. And we could go through chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 and discover all the things that God wants us to go back and remember. You are saved by faith, by grace through faith, not any work of your own. I mean, that relates back to the fact that he chose you. The first three chapters of Ephesians, I love the first three chapters because it sets God's tone concerning our life. The last three is how to walk in it. That's the part I have a trouble with. God is so good. And what is the exact, you know, it's like he says, oh, yeah, you know what? When you look back, the eyes of your understanding, that means the eyes of your heart, not these eyes. What does your heart see? See, what your heart see really counts because that's where God works. So in my heart, we had buildings and land. With these eyes, I didn't see it. But I could see it from here. It's the eyes of our understanding. I understand, Lord, you said there was going to be rain and, and you're going to destroy all the, all the people on the earth. I understand that. That's why he did something. Abraham, one of the things that I've, and I'm like Daniel now, I'm wandering around all over the place. You ever notice that? Daniel will start on a subject, and then he'll all of a sudden, he's talking about something entirely different. <laughs> and what that is, though, you see, he allows his mind to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so here's, here's, here's the, the um, enlightenment that we're supposed to grasp the hope of our calling. And what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in you? You are a rich inheritance. You know how we know that? Jesus paid for it with his life. He purchased the riches of God. And then here's another one. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? Think of this. The power to usward who believe is according to the working of his mighty power. In other words, the timer's gone red. 
the exceeding greatness of his power to usward. His power is continually coming towards you because he knows we can't do what he wants without it. And then he describes what power really is. It's the power that raised Christ from the dead. You know, I, I, Lord, I, I, want, I want a revelation. I want, I want, I want this, this revelation and knowledge of him that released the power that continually comes towards me. So I can succeed in life. Because it's his power that is related to all that's been put under his feet. Does that make sense to you? Everything that's been put under his feet, he gives us the power to walk in it because he conquered it. That's the life of faith. You cannot measure the power of God, but you can experience it, and you can see it. And then, this is, and have put all things under his feet. How about that? And gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. That's just chapter 1. Chapter two, got another half an hour. <laughs> no, but but just listen to this. He's he's build he's building up. He's building up. He's building up. And you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. He's the one who quickened you. Who, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He came to us in that state, and he says, I'm going to quicken you and make you alive unto me so you can walk in everything that I've conquered. I want you to go back and remember that. What he's saying to them, go back and remember what I did for you. I came in the place where you were, And I quickened you. See, the Father was trying to bring that church into the realization of what has been done for them. And he is saying, go back and look at what I have done. And then expect it to happen. That's a walk of faith. You can't plan it. You can't manipulate it. You can't hype it. You can't. You, he came and quickened you. <clears throat> Quicken me again, Lord. Shake me up. I was going to preach on the voice of the Lord this morning, and I got uh, three, five pages. It's an interesting study. But just think of this. When you think of the voice of the Lord, you think of the word. He spoke it. 
His voice said it, and so it is. He quickened you. He chose you. He blessed you. How do we know that? His voice spoke it out, and we read it. So do you believe what you read to be your reality? By faith. By faith. By faith. The Bible says Noah judged the world. By faith, Abraham became the father of many nations. By faith. What that means is, what God said, expected. Amen? Now what was I supposed to do? Pray? And take the offering? All those of you who have a million dollars, please come up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the invitations of Scripture. You said if we hunger and thirst, come and drink. If you're in need, come to the throne. You invited us to come to the place where everything is under the feet of Jesus. We thank you for blessing us with all spiritual blessing. We thank you for choosing us before you created anything. We thank you that we're your inheritance. We thank you that you came to us and quickened us when we were in darkness and made us alive unto you. And all we can say, Lord, is thank you. And everybody said, God bless you.